you have to be alone with your own thoughts. And when you're alone and you just focus on your career, you might come up with some ideas of things that you could do now that you weren't thinking about before the coronavirus. You might come up with some business ideas. So maybe you'll think, wow, I wish that the world had this. And maybe that this is the thing that you're going to create that is going to change the world. You're listening to the voice of Abby Kohat, who works as a recruiter and is known in the job search world as Absolute Abby because she tells the absolute truth about the job search process. In the past 25 years, Abby has held corporate recruiting positions in a variety of industries and is responsible for helping over 10,000 people get hired. Her website, AbsoluteAbby.com, which was selected as one of the top 100 websites for your career by Forbes, teaches candidates the secrets, the absolute truth about the job search process that other recruiters won't tell you. AbsoluteAbby.com was also mentioned on CNBC as one of the three top websites for career change. Recently, CNBC published an article naming Abby as a top career coach and recruiter. Abby is one of the top 100 influential people online, according to the Fast Company magazine, and is known as Ask Abby on LinkedIn. Since 2012, Abby has been on a mission to help 1 million job seekers and has drove around the U.S. in an RV in order to accomplish that goal. Her job search adventure were covered by several nationwide TV and radio networks, including Fox 5, NBC, CBS, NBC, Bluebird Radio, LinkedIn, Monster, and the Ladders. Abby employs lighthearted humor to help her job seeker understand what they need to learn. Whether you are recently unemployed, laid off, or furloughed, in this episode, you will learn very easy, effective tips on getting a job in a time of uncertainty and how to brand yourself and how to make you stand out as a candidate on the resume and at the job interview. Be sure to check out her free resources on her website, Absolute Abby, and stay tuned to listen through this episode to learn career tips on how to find your next job. And for those who are entrepreneurs, she also goes tips on how to start your own business. So stay tuned and listen on. Hello, friends. This is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Ki Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. Hello, friends. Today, I have a special guest, Abby Kohat, who is an expert in giving advice on job search, redefining your career path. Today, we'll be sharing with us special tips on how to reinvent yourself during this time of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking about this, and I'm very happy to help, especially during this time. So um, for our listeners, I think it might be fun for our listeners to learn how did we meet? That actually is a great question. And this is how we met. So I I started a brand called Absolutely Abby in 2009. And That brand is about telling the absolute truth to job seekers about the job search process. And in 2012, I had this idea to go around the country and to drive around the country in an RV in particular and to meet people outside of where I live. I live in New Jersey and I wanted to just spread all of this information around the country. And I didn't want to do it on a podcast 
or on a phone or on a video. I wanted to actually meet people. So I got into an RV and the first stop that I went to was Boston. And I did a presentation in a library called the Kirstein Library. And I will never forget it because it was my first presentation outside of where I lived. And you were in the audience. And that's how we met. But I have to say, your information and resources that you shared was just so valuable. And, and it's great. And I do remember that you were, you were planning on traveling across the U.S. Um, to help a million people to find jobs and get jobs. And I thought that was such a passionate purpose and mission. And so when I thought of finding someone to finding someone for this podcast, I just immediately thought of you, Abby. So Abby, what are three things that a candidate can stand out during this time of the coronavirus pandemic? So there are going to be three things that you're going to need to do for sure. One thing is you have to get really good at video interviews and phone interviews, but video interviews in particular, because companies are all working from home. And so the only way that they can talk to you is either over the phone or video. And most of them are going to opt for video. No one's going to hire you if they can't see you. So you have to get good at video interviews. So that's one thing, definitely. Second thing is you have to get good at networking. And this is whether there's a coronavirus or not. And it's about using LinkedIn which is a wonderful networking site. If you haven't joined it yet, this is a great time to join. And it's going to help you find people that you don't know. And you're going to need those people in order to get jobs. So that's number two. And then let's see, number three is just to be creative. So to think outside the box about what kind of gifts do you have to offer the world? What kind of talents do you have that you're, we were always afraid to share with people? Now is the time to share them. Now is the time to recreate yourself. If you're already, if you've already been in certain industry, now is the time to recreate yourself. And I'm recreating myself too. So it's, it's, everybody's doing it and everybody has to do it in order to move forward past the coronavirus. So thank you for those three things that we could do right now. For people who aren't as familiar with LinkedIn, can you elaborate on what that is and how that is different than Facebook or other types of other social media um, outlets sure. out there? Yeah. So LinkedIn is a professional networking site. Facebook is more of a social networking site. Um, and Instagram is also social networking. Twitter is kind of social networking. But LinkedIn is a professional site. And what, what happens there is Practically everybody that is in the professional corporate world is on LinkedIn. And then there are some people on there that are not in the professional world that are more on the, in the um, blue collar, the trades, there are people there too. So it's really become a place to be. And what you do there is you set up a profile and you start to look for all the people that you have ever met and you connect with them, just like on Facebook. And then... Once you're connected with them, you can see what types of work they do or have done, and you can ask them to introduce you to people. So, and, and it happens all the time on LinkedIn. So what's going on is recruiters 
are looking on LinkedIn all day long trying to fill their positions. So that is why you really need to be on LinkedIn because recruiters might find you, but you can also use your connections to find recruiters. So it's, it goes both directions. And how is LinkedIn different than other job search uh, platforms such as like Indeed or Monsters Job where people upload their resume and recruiters find them that way? So what are some yeah. differences? So LinkedIn, you can't, you can't upload a resume to LinkedIn, but you have a profile. So when recruiters are looking for candidates, recruiters don't care whether you are looking for a job or not. So in other words, if you have a job right now and you're not looking for a job, recruiters will still call you. And so they'll find your profile on LinkedIn and they'll offer you a better job. And that's really cool. When people find you, that's really kind of fun. So um, whereas on Indeed and Monster and those kinds of places, the only people they're finding are people that are actually looking. So they're looking on LinkedIn because it's a bigger span. There's just, it's way more people on LinkedIn for them than on Indeed or Monster. On LinkedIn, there is the free version and there's the premium version. Can you tell us what's the difference between those and does it make sense to pay for this? I would say... At this point, I don't think it makes sense to pay for the for the larger the um, for the not free version, uh, the premium. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to pay for the premium version because recruiters can find you whether you're paying for it or not. The reason to pay for it is if you're trying to do more fancy things with LinkedIn. If you want to have more in mails, this is just a way to get. Uh, email is like email on LinkedIn, but you can still reach out to people whether you email them or not. So there are ways to do this on the free version. So unless you have money laying around and you just want to spend it, I don't think you need to spend your money on this. So Addie, for someone who's very new to LinkedIn, and so let's say they post up the information, the basics, such as their education, their work experience, and some of the skill sets that they can offer, how do they connect with people? Because I think that's, at least from when I talk to um, students and former students and other people, is that they're a little bit worried about, well, what, I, how do I even connect to the first person? Like all the people that I'm going to connect with are just my friends. The first thing you need to do is you need to connect to your friends. It's exactly what you need to do. You need to connect with everybody that you've ever met that you like. Now, if you don't like somebody, don't connect to them. It's not the right thing to do. But anybody that you do like, connect to them. And then the reason you're doing that is because they know people. You don't even know who they know, but they know people. And so you're going you're gonna to ask them to connect you to the people they know in some particular cases. After you connect to the people you know, then the next thing is to try to connect to the people you don't know. And the way you do that is you go searching on LinkedIn by keywords or job titles or companies. There's a whole bunch of ways to search. And then you find somebody that you would like to know. Like, let's just say you want to meet Bill Gates. So you go searching, you just type in the word Bill Gates into LinkedIn and his profile is going to come up. And then you just simply send him an invitation on LinkedIn. But you don't want to just send him an invitation because he's not going to connect with you since he doesn't know you. So you have to write a nice little note and you have to say, hi, Bill, 
I really respect what you're doing with Microsoft. I've been a fan since Microsoft started. Um, Microsoft is a wonderful platform, blah, blah, blah. You just basically tell him things that you like about him or his company, and then he might be willing to connect with you. Now, that is a crazy idea. I mean, I'm giving you Bill Gates because we all know Bill Gates, but you don't need to connect with Bill Gates to make this work. You need to connect with people and companies that are not necessarily famous for what they do. So like, for example, if I'm looking at a bottle of Poland Spring water here. So if you want to work for Poland Spring, you, the, the president of Poland Spring is not famous. Um, the head of HR at Poland Spring is not famous. The recruiter at Poland Spring is not famous. But you can reach out to any of those people and ask to connect and say, you know, I was on the Poland Spring website and there were three jobs up there that I believe I'm very qualified for. Would it be possible for us to have a chat about those jobs? And then you send them an invitation and see if they're willing to connect with you. LinkedIn also has a social aspect to it, such as the groups and following people and in terms of following what they're doing, the newsletters that they're writing, can you um, tell the listeners here more about what those are and why they may want to consider joining groups and follow individuals if they're not able to connect with them? Sure. Well, following individuals is a good idea because then if you see what the individuals are doing, then you have more to talk to them about if you ever do get a chance to talk to them. So you might be able to write to them. If you figure out what Bill Gates's email address is, you can write him emails and say, I just saw you announce this product and I'm really amazed with what it can do. So you, by following people, you learn more about them and you'll have better conversations with them when you get to talk to them. So that's the following piece. And then as far as the groups, the reason to join those is recruiters tend to be lurking in the groups and they might be looking in there to find candidates. So if you're in there in a group, they might find you that way. And if you're in the group, you might see people asking questions and posing different topics. And if you pipe in on a topic, they might see you as an expert and then they might want to hire you. So that's why joining groups is a good idea. Yeah. How about you, Abby? What groups do you join? So as a recruiter, I tend to join the groups that have the people in them that I'm trying to recruit. So I do a lot of work in the pharmaceutical industry and I'm part of a lot of pharmaceutical groups because that's where all of my folks hang out. And I'm also part of HR groups because I'm in HR. And if you do join LinkedIn, you have at least one person that you could possibly connect with here then. Like actually two, you can connect with me and Abby. Yes. Uh, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, I should spell my name. If people would like to connect to me, I'm happy to connect. And I would make me the happiest is if you wrote a note that said, I met you on this podcast. That would be really cool. So my name is spelled A-B-B-Y. So there's no E, A-B-B-Y. My last name is K as in King, O-H, U as in ukulele, and then T as in Tom, Kohut. So how can we use this time to maybe reset our career goals during this time of uncertainty so that we can feel more empowered to reassess our skills, interests, talents, or passion for a new profession? Because I know that you said that's one of the things we should do, but it's the how. Like, how do we do that when a lot of people are feeling stressed or feeling depressed or unmotivated? What are some tips to give people like 
to want to do that and how to do that? So it's very interesting because as much as I'm telling all of you to do this, I'm going through this myself. So I was recently a recruiter and I'm still a recruiter, but I also decided that it's really important right now to be helping all of the job seekers out there that are going through this crisis. So I'm trying to reinvent my Absolutely Abby brand and to reach more people in different ways than I've done for the past 10 years. So I'm trying to recreate as well. So it's not like I'm telling all of you to do it and I'm not doing it. And I know, Key, you're doing the same kind of thing. So this is what it's all about. It's about taking some time to be quiet. And that is not so easy when you have a family and when you have thoughts in your mind about your survival, you know, paying for food, it's not so easy to be quiet and to quiet your brain. But what I would do is find a way to be alone. Now, this may be in your house and it may be that there's too many people in your house. You may have to go outside your house. You may have to walk around the block. You may have to go to a park. Right now, our parks are closed. However, maybe you'll find some other place where you can just be alone with nature or something. Find a way to be alone. You know, another idea is just go sit in your car. Just, you have to be alone with your own thoughts. And when you're alone and you just focus on your career, you might come up with some ideas of things that you could do now that you weren't thinking about before the coronavirus. You might come up with some business ideas. So maybe you'll think, wow, I wish that the world had this. And maybe that this is the thing that you're going to create that is going to change the world, right? So somebody thought of Facebook before Facebook. Facebook didn't exist forever, right? I believe it started in, I don't know, like 2006 or seven. I don't know. But it, it hasn't been around forever. Somebody had to think of it. And that person was being quiet one day probably and thinking that the world would be better if we had a this or a that. So you have to be quiet. You have to think, what can we do to change? What can I do to change the world? And another idea that a friend of mine just had yesterday is to go and ask your friends about you and say to them, if you were to describe me and what I should be doing with my career, what would you say? Like, how do you describe me? And see if your friends can figure out what you should be doing. They know what you're good at more than you do, probably. And that is another way to figure out what to do next. Once you figure out the what, the how is the next situation. And what I would recommend is to ask people that have done similar things, which is, again, why LinkedIn is so helpful. You might figure out that you want to become a nurse, let's say. You, you always thought about it, but now you see how valuable nurses are and how there will always be nursing jobs. You will never have a nursing job shortage ever, ever, ever. So maybe you decide, I think I want to be a nurse. Well, maybe you should talk to a nurse first to make sure you want to be a nurse. And then maybe you should ask them how to become a nurse. And so you interview people that are doing what you would like to be doing, and they will help you through it. That's how I would do it. Or you can reach out to experts. Like, so I help people all the time change careers. So I do consulting with 
individuals that want to change careers, you can reach out to me. Same kind of thing. What do you think about those uh, career assessment tests? Like there are so many of those tests out there online, like Strength Finder or yeah. seeing like what you're good at based on your personality. Like how reliable are those tests? So there's a test called the Myers-Briggs and it's not even a test. It's called a personality inventory. And I feel that that one is the most valuable of all of the ones that I've ever experienced. I haven't experienced all of them, but at least this one I have. And I use it to work with people and I teach them what careers will be best for that, for their personalities. And this is not something that's not reliable because what it does is it, it has a list of jobs that match your personality. It doesn't match your skill set. So it might tell you that your personality would be great if you were an artist and you might have no talent for artwork, but there will be other ones that it will give you. So it will not just give you artists. It will give you about 30 or 40 other choices. And so, and that is, it's completely reliable because it's about what your personality is. So I like that one. It's called the Myers-Briggs. So for folks who actually lost their jobs, what's the best strategy to do a job search where many places are closed and the financial health of these organizations is uncertain? Like you said that you don't want to be hired and it turns out next month they're laying off people. Right. So the first thing is if someone does call you to interview you, I would ask them about their future prognosis. So you want to make sure that if you join them, that you will have a job in the future. And companies are actually hiring. So the thing is, many people believe that there are no jobs, in quotes. There are no jobs. That is completely, utterly false. There are plenty of jobs out there. You just have to be creative in figuring out what, where they are. So here's some ways to figure it out. If a company is hiring a recruiter, if there is a recruiter job open at a company, you know that the company is going to be doing some hiring. No company would hire a recruiter if they're not hiring. And in fact, recruiters are one of the first ones to go when the company is not hiring. So if you see a posting for a recruiter in the last week, you know that that company is going to be hiring. So I would look at that company's website. Second thing is you have to think about what industries are doing well despite the coronavirus. So let's think about that. One is pharmaceuticals. They're always doing well. They're going to be doing well regardless of anything. They're always going to be doing well. Healthcare, always going to be doing well. And then you look at the toilet paper industry. Anybody that makes toilet paper right now is having a really good year. So that's Markel. Uh, I can't remember all the other brands, but that's going to be a, an industry. So that's manufacturing. Anybody that manufactures ventilators is going to be doing well right now. So if you just think about practical, who might be doing well? The restaurant industries are so-so, but a lot of them are hiring. Uh, Walgreens, CVS, drugstores um, should be doing well as well. So just think, what are the essential businesses right now that are not closed? Those are companies that are probably doing well despite the pandemic. And those are companies you should look for jobs on, on their boards. Listeners who are considering entrepreneurship and maybe branching out, you know, instead of having a nine to five job in an organization, 
And if they're thinking about starting up their own business or a nonprofit during this time, can you share some tips for them to get started? And during this time, because everyone is staying at home, like what's the best way to get clients and customers? Yeah, so there are some websites out there for work at home jobs. And there are more, way more than I could mention on this podcast. We would be here for another few hours. So I created a resource guide that lists all of these types of websites to help you find work at home types of jobs and to help you find freelance gigs and part-time gigs and temporary gigs and in the gig economy, which is where I believe we're going. So if you would like a copy of that resource guide, you can send an email to me and it's uh, join as in J-O-I-N, join at absolutelyabby.com. And Abby is just A-B-B-Y. So join at absolutelyabby.com and I'll send you my resource guide. It will have a list of websites that have a conglomeration of online work sites. One of my favorite ones is called Upwork. And I've used it to hire people to do little projects. And I've also been thinking about joining it as a recruiter to see if I could find a job as a recruiter for myself. So I think it's a really great site, but there are many others. And I want you to have the guide so you can see the many others. Um, could you share tips on how someone would even start that? Like, what's the application? Because sure. it is state by state, but just like a general guide for someone to even start that, because it is actually not that hard to start it up. I think it's the fear of starting up is what um, prevent people from pursuing those ideas. The thing to set up is an LLC, like you said, and it costs around three to $400 to do it. And there is a website that you can do it on, but I personally would recommend that you have somebody do it for you And the reason is, depending on the type of business you start, an LLC may not be the best one for you. There may be other things. You may need to start an INC, an INC. There are other kinds of things. There's an S-Corp. I mean, there's so many different business types. So I would recommend that you find a lawyer to help you with this if you can. And if you can't, you can also work with the Small Business Association, which is the SBA. And they will probably work Uh, help you walk through this LLC process. But then once you have the LLC, there's a whole lot of things you have to do. You have to get um, liability insurance, for example, workers' comp insurance, lots and lots of things you have to do. So you want to talk to somebody at the SBA probably to help you with this. And there's also an organization called SCORE. And SCORE is a bunch of retired executives that help people starting businesses. So either one of these two will be able to help you. And right now they're probably overwhelmed with people coming to them, but, you know, be aggressive and see if you can get an appointment. What are some strategies that we could just brand ourselves during this meantime? I mean, whether it's for finding a job or not finding a job, just a good way for just for people in the world to know what talents we have, what interests we have, and just to share those insights. So what are some good ways that we could rebrand or brand ourselves now? The best way to brand yourself right now is definitely on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, those are the ones. And just setting up those profiles and trying to get more followers so people understand who you are. But there's also starting blogs, starting websites, starting podcasts, doing videos, putting videos on YouTube. Just the thing about this time is it's not the time to shrink back. 
it's the time to put yourself out there. Let the world know what you can offer. You, but you can't, you have to put it out there. And social media is the way to do that. I can't even imagine what it would have been like 30 years ago. I was alive 30 years ago and there, none of this was in place. So how could a person have done this back then? I don't even know. But now we're in the, in the, in the age where everybody's putting themselves out there. Like Justin Bieber, for example, he was a musician. He was writing songs. And one day he put a video on YouTube and that's how he got famous. That's it. So you have to find a way to put your talents out there. And that's how you're going to start a brand. If you're not ashamed to get on video, or not ashamed, but afraid to get on video, just do it. Just do it. And don't worry about what you look like. Nobody really cares what you look like. This is what I learned very early on in my speaking career. I used to be afraid to speak in front of an audience. And then I just, I needed to get my information out there. So I just got up and did it. And people would come up to me and tell me I was one of the greatest speakers they've ever heard. And I would look at them like they were crazy. But what they were saying that for is because I was telling them information that they needed to hear. And they didn't care what I looked like. They didn't care if my hair was messy or if I was wearing the wrong clothes. It was about what was I saying because I was helping them. And everybody that's listening here, you have some way to help people. I don't know what it is, but you have that way. And you have to tell people about it now. This is the time to do it. People need help in all sorts of areas. So whatever it is that you can do to help the world, do it now and just put it out there on video or on a blog or on social media or however you want to do it. Um, and, you know, on the topic of social media, you know, you were saying we should put ourselves out there, which is good. But what's the good balance between putting ourselves out there, being authentic and professional? So, for example... Um, when I say put yourself out there, that doesn't mean that if you go have a party, you should put yourself, a picture of yourself on there swinging around the chandelier with a beer in your hand. So when I say put yourself out there, you definitely want to do it in a professional way. Just remember that anything that goes on the internet can be found. And I don't know, even if you block yourself on Facebook from, all your, from everyone seeing your stuff, there are hackers out there. There are people that can figure out how to see everything. So never, never post anything that you wouldn't want your professor, your boss, your grandmother, your priest to see. So you want to make sure that it's clean and professional, no matter what you do. Even if you're a fun person in your social life, that's great. Just don't post about that. So let's say they get a job, um, you know, if they lost a job and they're offered a job. So what are some strategies for salary negotiation and talking about benefits? Yeah, well, benefits are not as negotiable as salaries are. But the thing you want to do is you want to go to payscale.com. And that's where you should put in all of your information and it will tell you how much you should get paid. And... I really would not lowball yourself when you're asking for salary. So what's happening right now is most employers are not asking you what you are currently earning or were earning. They're asking you what you're looking for. So you have to know the number that you're looking for. And what I would do is I would go to Payscale and find out the range that you should be asking for and make it a large range. So for example, 
the range shouldn't be, um, let's say, uh, 50 to 52 is too small. So your range should probably be 50 to 70. Okay, large range. That's because you want to have the lower number should be something that you're pretty sure they would say yes to. And then the higher number should be what you really want. So you want to give them a large range and you don't want to price yourself out. Um, also, if people are hiring during this pandemic, they're probably not going to be hiring lowballing you. They probably are going to pay reasonable salaries. So that's, uh, you probably won't have to worry about that. When you give them their range, you should say, does this fit within your budget? So I'd like 50 to 70K. Does this fit within your budget? And they will say yes if you hit it. And if you didn't, they probably will say, no, I was actually looking to pay 40000 And then you can say, well, for your company, Bill Gates, I would obviously take less because you're Microsoft. So that's fine. So you're backpedaling. You have the opportunity to have a whole conversation about salary. Whereas if you just give the number and don't say anything, they, you'll never know if you got it right or not. What are other questions we should ask after we are offered the job? Well, you should ask about benefits, but they'll probably tell you about benefits. You should ask about the working hours, the dress code. Um, oh, you should make sure that you've already met your boss. You definitely want to interview with your boss before you take the job. That's really important. You want to make sure that you ask your boss questions about their management style and just make sure you have a good feeling about whether they're going to help you grow. Because uh, if you definitely, one thing I've learned over these years is working for the wrong person is a death sentence. That is very bad. A death sentence for your career. And working for the, wrong, the right person in the wrong company is not as bad, believe me. But working for the wrong person, any company, very bad. So you want to make sure you hire, you get yourself with the right boss. So Abby, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? So you can obviously reach out to me on LinkedIn with my name, which I mentioned before. And then you can also find me on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at absolutely underscore Abby. And you can reach out to me to get my resource guide for the coronavirus, which has about 20 pages of tips. And the way to get that is to email me at join, J-O-I-N, at absolutelyabby.com. Thank you again. And listeners out there, definitely take advantage of connecting with Abby on LinkedIn and get her resource guide because it's going to be so helpful for you. Use the time to reflect during this coronavirus pandemic that you can reinvent yourself or just see how you can share the world with your gifts. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so that we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks. <laughs>